Welcome to the Get Out and Try podcast. I'm your host, Katie Axel. This next interview is with Amy Frischman, one of the owners of Taylor's Falls Recreation, a business that has an incredible history spanning five generations. We talk about that history as well as all of the fun things that they're offering for you to get out and try this summer. Check it out. Thank you for being on the podcast. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about three companies because you have three under one umbrella, which is Taylor's Falls Recreation, right? Correct. So the three companies underneath the umbrella of Taylor's Falls Recreation is the Taylor's Falls Scenic Boat Tours, the Taylor's Falls Canoe and Kayak Rental, and Wildwood RV Park and Campground. Can we start a little bit with the history maybe? Yeah. A little bit how it all came about. The Taylor's Falls Scenic Boat Tours was founded by my great-grandfather in 1906. Wow. Carl Muller and his wife, Katie, were the original owners. And my grandfather, Robert Muller, and his wife, Anne, um, many people still know in the community, Captain Bob, drove the boats forever, iconic with his pipe in his mouth all the time. Um, and then my parents, Dennis and Cam Radicke, and now my brother and I, um, who own and operate the businesses, my brother Dan Radicke and myself, are the fourth generation. And then my nephew Dominic is back in the business full time, and he's the fifth generation. And then my kids uh, in the summertime and when they can are helping and uh, working in the business. So it's uh, definitely a labor of love. We love the community, the area. We feel very blessed that we get to live and work and play in such a wonderful place. And with the history that we have, it's uh, it's incredible. You don't hear about that very often anymore, a, a business that's been around since 1906 and has survived five generations. Yeah, you know, people look at that sometimes and they're like, wow, how do you do it? And, you know, I think we're very fortunate. We've had great parents and grandparents and, and stuff over the years. And um, my brother and I work very well together. Yeah. And, you know, we look at recreation and tourism. I mean, we sell fun. Yeah. And it's fun to be there. It's fun for our employees. And we could never do any of this without our great team of employees. I mean, we've got fantastic staff. And over the years, we've had so many f- people work with us on the river and at the campground and in various uh, enterprises. And it's uh, it's fun. I think that with any job, you know, you don't want to like it more than you dislike it. Nothing's yeah. ever perfect. But we love what we do. Let's go back to your great-grandfather back in 1906. Do you know how old he was when he started this? So he was about 16. There were some river people coming up to Taylor's Falls and doing tours and trips from Stillwater to Taylor's Falls. And the family that was doing it, they didn't want to operate on Sundays. And so Muller Boat Works in Stillwater, my grandparents' name was Muller, so my mom was a Muller, Mm -hmm. was asked, is there anybody that would send, you know, would, would come up to Taylor's Falls. And at the time, my great-grandfather at 16 would start to bring trips up to Taylor's Falls because he was willing to work on Sundays. And so they slowly brought the trips up there. And then my great-grandparents moved to Taylor's Falls and started uh, Muller Boat Company, which is now known as Taylor's Falls Scenic Boat Tours. And we started doing trips then. I have several fun pictures. If you go to our website, you can see, look at some of the history and you can see some of the information. You see the duck. That boat was built by my great-grandfather. And Katie, his wife, her nickname was Duck. So it, it's really fun. It's, and you look at all the history pictures of Taylor's Falls where you have the steamboat landings when they would bring the steamboats up and they go up and, and see things in town. Yeah. And eventually it became just the trips right in Taylor's Falls. Yeah to where we're at today. So we have the two boats that we, 
use today. They're authentic paddle wheel boats, which if you go and you can see the the boats, uh, the paddle blades on the back of the boat are the mm-hmm. ones that actually propel the boat. So there is no rudder underneath there. You take the boat and, and it's fun to go to the stern or the back of the boat. And you can see one paddle going one way, one paddle going the other way. And that is actually propelling and turning the boat. And the princess and queen, the queen was the first boat built in 1981. And then the princess, her daughter, <laughs> right, was uh, built in 1985, both built in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Okay. And then, uh, brought up here. And then the other boats we had over the years that people were familiar with, like the, the Dell Showboat, the Robert C., and uh, the Kathy M. Mm-hmm. Those were all retired. And now we have these bigger and better paddle boats. Where do the retired boats live? One was sold to like a Boy Scout camp in Iowa. Mm-hmm. One sits out in our farmland. The Kathy M sits out in the farmland there. Those were not authentic paddle wheel boats. The Kathy M actually had a paddle wheel, yeah. but it was just for show. Okay. It just went around. It didn't do anything. So these two are the first authentic paddle wheel boats. I can't believe your grand- great-grandfather was 16 years old and just started that business, right. or I guess jumped in helping, right? but then transformed it into a business. And then my great-grandfather started the canoes in 1910. And at the time, he made all the canoes. They were wooden canoes. And you know now you look at our, we have the aluminum canoes with the red tips out on the river. Yeah. But uh, the original canoes, at the time, they were all named. Wow. So we actually have one of the canoes. We have one out here in our garage, and I have an older one at the at Wildwood Campground that okay. you can see that was built. So it's fun to to think about that. Yeah. And some of the old canoes. So 16 years old back then looked so different than it does now. Oh, it's you, crazy. you think about someone that's going into business on their own or mm-hmm. helping a business that transforms into their own business and then also learns woodworking. Like, where did he learn that? Who taught him? Or did he just figure it out? I don't know. Their parents, their, you, you look at what our youth today and, and what they are. My, my mom was na- married at 19 and had her first son at 20. Yeah. You know, and I look at my youngest is 20 now and I think, wow, you know, and my other ones are. <laughs> You're like, not yet. I, I'm glad they're not, you know, <laughs> raising a family right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, things definitely, I think people had to grow up faster. Yes. Then and you know, good and bad to both ways, right? Right. So, First came the paddle boats, then it came, then came the canoes yep. for rental. And people wanted to rent canoes in 1910. Is that what you said? Yeah, they must have. Okay. Because the, yep, the canoes business started in 1910. Got Complement the, the paddle, or the, the boat tours in Taylor's Falls. And then the third business, Wildwood RV Park and Campground. My husband and I and my brother and sister-in-law, we bought the campground in 1995. Okay. And uh, it was a campground already, but we purchased it and started uh, doing the camping thing. You know, we learned there wasn't a lot of places to stay. Yeah. We're like, oh, people want to come and they want to stay overnight and they want to stay in our area. Yep. The opportunity came up to buy the campground and we thought this would be a great opportunity to be able to get people to stay here longer. I've always said, once you come to the Taylor's Falls, Chisago Lake, St. Croix Falls area, you come to this area, there's so many things to do. Mm-hmm. You want people to think they can come for weeks at a time and still stay busy. And I think they can. Yeah. And uh, now they have more places to stay. So it was the fourth generation that started the campground then. So first generation was the two parts of the business, and then you added on the campground. Correct. Okay. That's a big step then, too, because it adds more to your plate for things to do. So how busy are you? Well, we in the history, that you look at what started. So my, my parents actually also started Wild Mountain Ski Area. 
And then my brother and I were operating that in June of 2020. We sold the ski area. Okay. So when we were doing all the businesses with Wild Mountain Ski Area and the water park and the boats and the canoes and the campground, that was a 365-day all-the-time job. Sometimes in April, nothing was open. That was the only month in the whole year that we had a little bit of downtime, but there's always so much prep to get ready for each season. So now in comparison, we are much, much less busy. Um, it's been very fun to be able to do a little bit more planning and and focus on the companies. We're able to change some things. We built the new building down at the boat stand and the River Rock patio, which has been a dream of ours to do for a long time. Yeah. And we've been able to play a lot more in the wintertime, which yeah. has been really wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Do you regret not doing it sooner? No, I think it was the right time. Yeah. I, I mean, you know... It, I look at like the age of my kids, would it have been fun to have more time when my kids were younger? Perhaps, but I think that, um, you know, my kids were out there all the time they with me. They grew up on a playground. <laughs> they did. And I grew up on a playground. I mean, I was three yeah. when my parents bought Wild Mountain. It was a great way to grow up. Grow up and yeah. um, my kids love the sport. We all love the sport of skiing and yeah. uh, want to, you know, we'll continue to do it. Now we even have more time. So I don't think, I wouldn't say regret it. I think that it's been it's been a great thing. I've really enjoyed being able to focus. I mean, when we sold the business and then we had the three businesses to run and setting up new offices, yeah. that's all when COVID was starting. Yep. So um, it was a little scary and a little crazy and everything was changing so quickly. Yeah. And with the different protocols and never knowing what was going to happen, you had to, you know, it was very nice that we were able to focus. Yeah. And set things up. And uh, yeah, I would say there's no regrets for doing it sooner. I think it just, uh, in God's will, it happened when it was supposed to. Yeah. And your family clearly has some kind of genetic entrepreneurial gene. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps. I mean, between your great grandfather and then your parents saying, let's Mm -hmm. buy a scheme. That's a big deal to say, let's buy a ski mountain. And then for you and your brother to say, you know what? Let's buy a campground. So right. clearly you've mm-hmm. got a very strong entrepreneurial drive in your family. Do you know why that is? Is it is it from great-grandfather? or um, You know, it's hard. I, I never met – I guess I met my great-grandfather when I was very, very young. I don't have recollection of my great-grandfather. I yeah. do of my grandfather. I think our drive and everything comes from our parents. Um, you know, we're hard workers. I – probably was the only like, you know, nine and 10 year old that couldn't go to birthday parties on Saturdays because I was working, whether it was in the wintertime at the cash register in the kitchen or in the summertime sitting down what is now the lower landing. There was a building there yeah. and I was selling tickets to go on the boat and we all worked and we all pitched in and, you know, our children did as well. You know, when you own a business, like, you know, legally by labor laws, your kids can't work till they're 14 in businesses, but when it's a child's an owner's child, they can. So all of our kids, especially in the summertime, would start working in the water park at about, you know, age 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. And um, every year, somebody would turn us in to yeah. the state and we would get a letter. And <laughs> we would have to explain, you know, no, that's, you know, the owner's kid that worked. Yeah. And all of our kids worked. And, you know, at the canoe base, our kids very young, are, especially the boys, would be carrying the life jackets and paddles. Yeah. And then slowly carrying. It takes a, it's a physical job working yeah. the canoes. And it, I mean, it's a great job and you're outdoors and you're on the river. My boys always joked because at the beginning of the summer, you know, it would get them in shape. By the end of the summer, they'd be really tan and they'd be in great shape from hauling yes. those canoes. And, and my daughter as well worked on at the canoes, all of them. You know, all of our kids have been hard workers all the way through mm-hmm. and my nieces and nephews as well. 
I don't know. I just, I, I'm a big believer. I think that it's important to have kids work and I yeah. think to have some ownership. And sometimes they knew that, you know, mom couldn't do that. My husband is a teacher and, but in the summertime, you never know, he might be making picnic tables for us or he might be, you know, hauling things. He always helped out as well. I mean, everybody just jumped in and did what was necessary at any yeah. of the businesses. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's extremely important and it's very cool that your family has always known that. The other thing that I think is key for an entrepreneur is not being afraid for something to not work out. You have to try different things. I think in anything, whether once you have a business and you have it established, we were, you know, lucky to come on this. We've made a lot of change and you do things and not everything you try is going to work right away as well. I think sometimes, you know, people expect to start a business or do even a new thing in that, you know, gosh, your dreams are you're going to make this much money right away and you're not going to have to work. Well, I think one thing in a small business, you learn that doesn't happen. Right. You know, I'm not flying around in a private jet and eating bonbons all day. <laughs> um, might be fun. Not yet at not, least. Right? Not yet. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you look at people that are like, oh, it'd be so cool. You don't work for anyone and you get to do whatever you want. Well, not really, because when someone else doesn't show up, you've got to be there. Yeah. When there's a problem, whatever it is, the buck stops with you. Yeah. There's advantages and disadvantages to everything. And some people like to have, you know, be done with work every day at four o'clock or five o'clock. And they like to have every single weekend off. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not going to own your own business and be able to have those hours and have holidays off and paid holidays and paid that. It's like, hmm, don't ever figure out your hourly rate because you'll become depressed. (laughs) Um, Did you do that once? (laughs) Well, when I first came back to the business full-time, my husband and I lived in Guam for three years and came back to join the business, I would laugh because I'm like, huh, I'm working double the hours for half the pay, but it obviously got better. Yes. And we did that. But, you know, I I think that uh, if anybody that wants to be successful in any type of business, your heart has to be in it. Yeah. And you have to be willing to give it your all. And I think the first five to 10 years... In any startup business, you may not make money right away. And you may take, there are years we didn't make money and you just put your stuff back in and you just keep going. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, not, not everyone has that. And, and I think it's so admirable, especially generationally having five generations, well, four at least, well, five maybe five. Nephew. Yeah. If he's coming in yeah, and he's all in full time and he's all in. So he yeah. is the fifth generation and we'll see what my kids decide in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to me to see that when, when it is generational like that, is it like, is it genetic? Is it taught? Is it a little bit of both? Yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, you look at it, uh, you hope that it's the hard work ethic, the good Midwestern, you know, yeah. like we always joke, you know, you want to hire the, the farm boy because they work hard and they're used to working. Yep. I think, you know, not giving your kids everything that they want all the time and making them work for it is important. Yep. And you hope they have that, but doesn't mean I I don't expect my kids to come back into the business. Yeah. And I don't, if they choose to, that would be fantastic. Yep. If they don't, we'll figure it out because I think they need to follow their dreams as well. Yeah. And um, we'll see where that takes them. Which business do you spend most of your time with? Well, our main office is at Wildwood Campground. I spend my offices at Wildwood Campground and I help with things, but... I mean, I am trying to not work as much. And I, with my team, with Julie, who's the office manager, group sales manager, she 
keeps me going and tells me what I need to do now. And if I don't do it and it does that, and then, you know, we have other employees that also do that. We have Wendy, who's on the design team, now helps takes reservations, and, and, and Donna, who's a bookkeeper. And, you know, we just got a, a great team of people. In the summertime, I tend to be at Wildwood first to help with answering phones. Yep. And then on certain days, I may go down to the boats and check things out. But Ryan Romali, who's our general manager... I mean, he bops between all the businesses and spends the majority of his time at the boats. His office is actually there. Mm -hmm. He runs things so well, I typically don't have to do anything unless he calls me and wants to run something, you know, past myself or Dan or or Dominic, you know, and same thing with canoes. So we're very fortunate with our team now that I've been able to back off and work a lot less. Later on, we'll go through what the campground looks like and all of the fun things that you have to do there. I want to go back. I'm fascinated by the boats and how the progression of it has happened. And mm-hmm. one thought that just came into my mind was, you. I know that you've got your tours listed on getoutandtry.com. So I've, I get to see some of the tours that you are offering. Every one of our tours and excursions does narration. Okay. So we talk about the history of the river. We point out the rock formations. We talk about a little bit about the history of the boats and the boat company. But on our, our daily excursion, which happens seven days a week, um, during the heart of the season every day at 11, 1, 3, and 5. Yep. There really isn't entertainment on those boats, just okay. other than the narration. Okay. You've got live music on some of them, though, We right? do have live music on some of okay. them. So we have a Twilight Cruise yep. that's offered on some Friday and Saturday. The Twilight Cruise is new this year. Okay. Um, it's a 21-plus boat. There's entertainment on there, and it's I believe it's 80 minutes it goes out. And then we have a Sundown Cruise. Mm-hmm. As well, there is not entertainment on the Sundown Cruise. Okay. Every now and then we might, like last year we did some, we work a lot with Charlie O Mm -hmm. out of Forest Lake, and he comes down and does the Twilight Cruise and then some other acoustic type performers as well in the Twilight Cruise. Yeah, and it's a 21 plus boat ride. We used to, pre-COVID, do a lot of dinner cruises on Friday and Saturday night, Mm -hmm. which is a three-hour trip with live entertainment and a full prime rib or chicken sit-down meal. Mm-hmm. We weren't able to do it all during COVID. And now we are going away from it because it was 120 people on the lower deck at a table of 10, very close together. And we found that our guests don't like to be that close together and they don't feel comfortable with that. So we've evolved into this Twilight Cruise mm-hmm. with entertainment. And you can choose to order some food. We have a, a variety, uh, like a pulled pork sandwich or different sandwiches you'll get when you get on board. And now with the River Rock patio, people can buy snacks and and like a charcuterie board or a pizza and that type of thing. And they can choose to bring it on board or they can come without any food at all. Okay. And then there will be snacks and stuff on board. So we have gotten away from some of the hot meals on the boat because of the close proximity on the lower deck if it's raining and you can't go on the upper deck and you can't spread out. We want to make sure all of our guests feel comfortable. The boats start running the first weekend in May. Okay. And the boat, there is a daily excursion offered seven days a week all the way through MEA weekend. I really encourage people to to go and if you haven't been on, it's just such a fantastic way to see the river. Mm -hmm. Typically with wildlife, I'd say 75 to 80% of the time you get to see eagles on the river Mm -hmm. to go out and see the peaceful of the St. Croix River, 
buy an authentic paddle wheel boat. There's, there's nothing else like it. It's just amazing. We have people that come every year, sometimes two or three times a year Yeah, it, for our local population when they have visitors in town yeah. and they have family visiting or friends visiting. That's when they come down to the boats and, oh, I haven't done this in, you know, 10 years. Oh, I haven't done this in 20 years. And the boats are also available for private charters. Oh, the pri- private charters are a minimum of two hours. Yep. And you go out and we do weddings, we do receptions, we've done square dancing on the boat before, um, <laughs> company events. So you can do private charters anytime the boat is available. And then new last year, we started what was called a private excursion, which is just like a daily excursion. Mm-hmm. What the premise behind it was is because people weren't wanted to get together with their family and do things, but they weren't comfortable being with the public yet. Yeah. We have pricing set up. It's an 80 minute trip, just identical to a daily excursion. Yeah. But from one through 24, it's a certain price. 25 through, I think like 70, it's a price. We tell you what time it goes out. It's 80 minutes. It's Similar to a daily excursion, but it can be just your group if you don't feel comfortable going out without other ones or you want to have a private boat, but you don't want to have the full expense of a private charter. Once you're on the boat, we, on any of our excursions, we have the same thing, beer and wine and uh, the ciders and that type of thing. Okay. On a private charter, we you can do a full bar with, with alcohol mm-hmm. or liquor, but on a regular excursion, we do not have a full bar, just beer and wine. I like to ask the things that my husband and I would probably argue about before we get on a boat. Mm -hmm. What should we wear? Um, (laughs) Yes. So on a daily excursion, you can wear whatever you'd like. Okay. It can get chillier out on the river, especially in the evening. I I always say bring a sweatshirt or a jacket. Mm -hmm. Not the fanciest clothes, though. I don't have to wear a dress. You don't need to wear a dress. On a Twilight Cruise or a Sundown Cruise, you will see some people coming on and they're dressing up. Okay. And maybe you'll see, you know, a man in a pair of khakis and a button-down shirt. Yep. But you'll also see people in jean shorts and a tank top. Okay. There are also bathrooms on the boat. Okay. And the other thing that people ask, too, about um, handicapped accessibility. Okay. So we are not fully handicapped accessibility. There is no elevator to get to the second floor. Okay. Okay. If you have someone in a wheelchair or that has trouble, we do have golf carts that if you park up by the boat stand on the River Rock patio, Mm -hmm. we will take you by golf cart either to the lower landing if the water is too high to be at our upper landing, or we'll bring you right on board. We have a gang plank to get on the boat. And our staff is very adept at maneuvering wheelchairs and people with walkers and helping you to get on board. And on the princess, there's a bigger bathroom. Mm -hmm. And in the queen, there's bathrooms. But they are not some of the wheelchairs now that are the extra wide. They can drive by themselves. Those ones maybe won't fit in the bathroom. Okay. But there are like handicapped handles in the bathroom. Yep. When people ask if we're handicapped accessible, we like to say we're handicapped friendly. Okay. But not fully handicapped accessible. And we'll help people get to the upper deck, but there's no elevator to get on the upper deck. On the River Rock patio, you don't have to go on the boat to Mm -hmm. come and use for locals. We find people want to come out and sit on the patio and, you know, grab a pizza. We have great cauliflower crust pizza. And then we're also doing sandwiches and we have pretzels and a little charcuterie tray and different snacky foods yeah. to sit out there. And people, if you're out hiking and you just want to stop in and do it, please check for hours because, you know, in the heart of the summer, the patio will stay open until the boats are done. Our last, you know, on Fridays and Saturdays, the boat comes back, you know, around eight. Mm-hmm. Typically we have found, we had thought maybe people would stay after the boat ride, but they don't. Okay. So when the boat, when the boat leaves, sometimes the boat, the patio will close. So always can call and ask what the hours are going to be. Yep. Perfect for lunch and early afternoon. 
and sometimes an early dinner on Friday and Saturday, but on weekdays, we're probably not, there's not part of the summer. The last boat goes out at five o'clock, gets back at uh, 5.45. Okay. So the patio will not be open after that. Got it. Yeah. And you gave me a tour and it's beautiful down there. Yes. And you talked about an upcoming art yes. project. Do you want to talk about that? I would love to talk about that. So very exciting for all the local people listening or anyone listening. We are doing a grand opening on June 5th. Um, of this year, and that if you call and mention this podcast, 651-465-6315, we will get you boat tickets on June 5th for only $10 for anyone listening to the podcast. That day, we're going to have live music on the patio from 1230 to 330. We are going to have drink specials and food specials all day, and uh, Wine Haven will be on site doing complimentary wine samples for people. The most exciting thing will be our unveiling of our Mary Pettis mural. So we commissioned Mary Pettis, who's a local artist, beautiful landscape artist, to do a painting for us. The title of the painting is River Memories. The The painting is of the landing with the Robert C., the boat, the Robert C. Standing at the railing is my grandfather and my mother. That painting is being blown up to a billboard size, and we're going to be putting it up on the back of the boat stand. So when you exit the boat and you're walking up, you'll be able to see this beautiful painting done by Mary. So that will be unveiled Sunday morning, June 5th, and anybody can come and see it that day and check out the patio and the, you know, specials. And for any local people that want to go on a boat, we'd love to invite everybody on board for uh, only $10. Say the phone number one more time and what, what people can do. Mention the podcast. Okay. So if you call and say that you heard on Get Out and Try that you would like to go on a boat trip for Sunday, June 5th, there's a trip at 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock, we will get you tickets for only $10. Outside of this special event, how do people normally buy tickets? So the easiest way is online. Taylorsfallsboat.com. Everything we sell is available online. And you, when you go to the page, it'll you know book online. And you do that. Um, and you actually save some money. If you go to our ticket window, mm-hmm. right down where the boats go out, you can purchase tickets in person as well. Okay. And it's 2 to $5 more expensive in person. Okay. If you have a ticket purchase, you don't even need to check in at the ticket window. If you don't want to, you can go straight to the boat. And it's just by your name. And we'll have a manifest there and we'll get you on board. Everything was set up to be 100% contactless yep. um, when that was necessary. Um, and it streamlined some of the things. It is fun to to come a little earlier, stay after and sit out at the patio. It's probably the best view you're going to get of the river. Yeah. You know, we have everything from beer and wine. This year, we're going to be doing wine slushies from Wine Haven. Nice. Um, at the River Rock patio. Um, we have soft serve ice cream. We have a little pup cup for your dogs. Um, so wait, dogs can come on the boats? Dogs can come on the boats and in the canoes. And I didn't yes, know that. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So yep. you have your dog on a leash and it can come on the boat ride for 80 minutes if they want to. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Fun. Okay. Yeah. And people are always looking for places they can bring their dogs. So All right. good well, to know. They can bring their dogs on the boats or on the canoes. We say medium-sized dogs, and obviously that is uh, somewhat uh, subjective. Yeah. But it really is up to you. I mean, you're if you bring a large dog, an 80 or 90-pound dog, and yeah. they're not well-behaved, you're probably going to tip over because that dog is <laughs> going to get excited and jump in the water. Yes. And you're going to go in. Yeah. Also, I've seen people with huge dogs that are very well-behaved and are used to the water and sit just fine yeah. in the center of the canoe. We're going to pause here. Stay tuned for next week when we talk about the canoeing, kayaking, and camping side of the business. Mm-hmm. 
That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. That's one of those small ways that you can help support the podcast and help others to find it. Make sure you're also visiting getoutandtry.com often, keeping you connected to the calendar of fun and happenings in the St. Croix Valley area. Until next time, find some ways to connect with your community. Support those hardworking small businesses that host all the fun in the valley. Go, get out and try.